Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This holiday season, it's all about the bedroom. And Casper's Black Friday sale has up to 30% off everything you need to make your bedroom your happy place. Only Casper mattresses are made with 86 supportive gel pods to align your spine and eliminate aches and pains. And Casper bed frames are made from the highest quality materials. Give the gift of a better bedroom. Save up to 30% during Casper's Black Friday sale on now at Casper.com. Terms and conditions apply. See Casper.com slash terms for more details. Hey guys, Perry here to tell you a little bit about Pluto TV. It's the leading free streaming television service where you can watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand, all completely free. Pluto TV never asks for your credit card. You don't even need to sign up to watch for free. Pluto TV is the easiest and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. So what are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, your Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream. Stay little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Movie Talk. On today's show, we are discussing Jared Leto's comments about playing the Joker. On top of that, we've got an update on the Batman casting situation and then trailers. A horror trailer. It is crawl. It looks so badass. Hopefully, our horror not-so-lover on this set, John Roca, feels the same way. Wait. Otherwise, I'm kicking him off. Bye, Roca. Pressure's on right now. Seriously, welcome yep. to the set, Roca. Always happy to have you. And look who's back, yeah. Jeff Snyder. Hi. <laughs> What are you this, drinking there? I've got my little apple juice. <laughs> That's kind of adorable. Um, we do have a big lineup to get into today, but sadly, I have some really sad news to report right now because we just found out shortly before going live here that Peter Mayhew has passed away. They tweeted from his official Twitter account earlier today. 
The family of Peter Mayhew with deep love and sadness regrets to share the news that Peter has passed away. He left us the evening of April 30th, 2019 with his family by his side in his North Texas home. Roka, I know you wanted to say a little something about Peter Mayhew's work. Yeah, you know, when you're getting back into Star Wars a few years ago, Christian Harlov was the one who brought me back on to Star Wars to get into it, doing that Far, Far Away podcast, and then moving on and doing other things, getting in the Jedi Alliance, and then producing Council. You start to fall back in love with these actors and these characters and this franchise, and you realize why it can still bring you all the way back to being a kid. And Chewbacca was the one, always, right? Solo did his thing. Leia did his thing. Luke did his thing. Who was constant as a northern star? That was Chewbacca. He was always there, writing co-pilot, did it for five films. Even did some work, I think, in the, uh, Force Awakens uh, with the... Uh, I forget the other actor's name. Junis. Yeah, with Junis there, back and forth. Junis has always given him the proper love and respect for showing him the way to be Chewbacca. So, to me... To hear this, we knew this was coming. His health had been deteriorating for some time, but still, it's an incredible sad loss, especially because Carrie Fisher wasn't that long ago in a lot of people who love Star Wars' minds and hearts. And so it's another person who's left from the original trilogy, and it's heartbreaking on so many levels. But considering how much pain he was in, I hope now he is at peace. I keep picturing that image from Star Wars Celebration. I believe it was in the behind-the-scenes featurette that they aired up top with mm. the two of them sitting on set side by side. And right. I just I can't get that image out of my head, nor do I want to, because, again, I mean, we've spoken about a good deal of loss this week. And it is a terrible, terrible thing. But the, the most beautiful thing, at least I could latch on to in the moment, is how this character that he helped create has been part of my life for so long. Mm. And that's never going to change. And he had the luxury of being able to pass the mantle on so strongly before his passing. And that basically ensures his legacy is going to continue. So our best to his friends, family and fans as well. All right, we're going to move into our main lineup today. And this first story that we're going to tackle is news that dropped yesterday. But we wanted to wait until our man with all the behind the scenes knowledge, <laughs> Jeff Snyder, is on this set. We're talking right now about Amy Pascal's exit from Sony. She moved over to sign a first look deal with Universal Pictures. However, she will still have plenty of meetings on the Sony lot as a producer on the Spider-Man movies and also the movie Little Women. So, Jeff, when you saw this report yesterday, did the news surprise you? Or given the status of her current deal at Sony, did you know this was coming? It surprised me in that I didn't realize it had been four years since she signed the first look mm. deal after you know being ousted or stepping down uh, as the chairman of Sony in the, in the wake of the uh, North Korea hack, you know from uh, from the interview. Um, yeah, I guess time just kind of flew. Um, she, you know, she did. I think Amy did a really good job establishing herself as a producer in the space and over the last four years. Whether it was you know the Spider Man movies, which, which was good, far from home, uh, winning an Oscar for Spider Verse, and then the Post, which is also a best. Picture nominee like that was some that was a spec script that she jumped on and bought preemptively uh, and then took it to Fox and you know got Spielberg and Hanks and Streep and all the A-list stars attached and that was really her kind of doing um, so I wasn't surprised I think she'd probably reach the end of the road there what happens when you're you know the head of a studio and you get ousted is you get a golden parachute you get one of those nice mm -hmm. deals with a fat discretionary fund uh, and you know you spend the next few years staying on the lot but it was time for a change and I think Donna Langley it was smart of Universal to reach out to her 
offer her, uh, you know, a, a new home. And I, I think it was the right move for Amy to take it. So you think it's the right move for her to have gone to Universal specifically? Or do you think there's any possibility she had other arrangements on the table and maybe she just opted for that over another studio? I think, I mean, listen, Amy Pascal, she she could go and run, she could have gone and run Warner Brothers, you know. Uh, she, I'm sure they're looking, you know, at Facebook and Apple and all these kind of streamers are looking for top executive talent like that. But I don't think that that's what Amy wanted to do. I think that she wanted to stay in the producing space. She's got a great infrastructure at Universal. They've got theme parks. They can put her on big and small movies. They can let her sort of pursue her prestige drama and and those passion projects, but also... You know, do do some maybe tentpole stuff like she did with uh, Spider-Man at Sony. So I, I feel like it was just the best of both worlds. And, and you know, she's comfortable with, with Donna Langley and there's a mutual admiration there. So, yeah, I just think that, that was the best fit. All right, Roka, let's look into the future now. Yep. One, what do you think this move means for Spider-Man at Sony, if anything at yeah. all? And also thinking about possible tentpoles for her over at Universal. Is there anything you think maybe she'll rekindle? Well, look, this is interesting. You bring up Spider-Man with what she did here and, and kind of revitalized the character, sharing it with Mar. Marvel and the MCU, Tom Holland coming in, taking care of this thing. Pretty incredible. Then Spider-Verse, like you said, Jeff, wins an Oscar. A lot of people didn't see that coming when this thing was, when the trailers dropped. People were blown away but didn't anticipate this. But two characters are over there at Universal. That's the Incredible Hulk fully and Namor the Submariner. So we heard certain things happen in Avengers Endgame. Certain things were hinted at. And we saw a certain character, Hulk, like really come into uh, the forefront of the Avengers in that in this particular installment of that franchise. So is there a possibility here that she's working out a similar deal to revitalize both of these characters in a way to let them, ha- to let them have their day in the sun in terms of Submariner, but also give them a actually good standalone movie, which we haven't gotten with Hulk yet. So there's possibilities on that end. But I think what you bring up, Jeff, is the most important thing, the prestige situation, bringing some Oscar situation. That's a big deal. Amazon made these moves too recently, moving who's the head of their film division because they wanted to track more of that kind of stuff and hit more of the bigger tentpole pictures. So she's a smart, she's an incredibly smart lady to survive that hack, that email hack. I mean, a lot of people would not have survived that. And some of the things she said were pretty unsavory. And so it's incredible how she's been able to just kind of fight her way back to the top. And Sherry Lansing did it. And you see Amy Pascal. There is a connection between those two. And we'll see what she does at Universal. I don't think that Amy's emails, though, look any more unsavory than anyone else's emails in this industry. I'm sorry? Anyone else in this industry? Anyone else. I think if you were to open some any... Some of those Kevin Hart things you tell, some of the things you said about Kevin Hart. Are you joking? Bro, any studio head in this town is talking the, the same way Amy Pascal did. Believe me, whether wow. you want to or not, it's naive to think otherwise. I think what she went through was horrific. Uh, yeah. To see those emails spilled out. Because we all, listen, you you and I say things that probably shouldn't be said on air right now, but we say things to each other in private, right? There's, that I, that, I that may be politically There's, incorrect or whatever. If those that's things friendship, were, though. That, like, what she's doing is in a professional capacity. Professional, we're not, no, we're no, not no, emailing no. each other no. as bros. There's a whole difference in that situation. She's emailing someone in the professional industry with her about Kevin Hart. She's known she's, she's known she's on. known those people who she was saying those things to for 20 30 years. So how is it any different? Well, because Kevin Hart had an issue with it and made a vocal issue about it on on social media. So I mean like that's the difference. If, if I, I, Kevin Hart had been like, oh, that's just Amy, me and Amy, we, get, we, we dogs, we got our own relationship, mm-hmm. that's a different situation. So either way, she survived it, and I think that's pretty incredible. I don't yes. think there's any excuse to be made for a certain type of correspondence, mm. but I mean, the sad truth of the matter is I wouldn't be surprised if those exchanges were happening elsewhere sure. as well.
Sadly, it is the nature of this industry, and it is super cutthroat. (laughs) We're going to move on to another story now, and we're taking you into the DC film franchise with this one, because according to Variety, Jared Leto may not be done with playing the Joker. Leto said he is open to revisiting the role. Specifically, he said, I would definitely play the Joker again. It all depends on the script and the circumstances, as it always does. When he was asked if the rumors are true that he's going to make an appearance as the Joker in the Birds of Prey movie, Leto first said, I don't think so. You'd have to ask them. But then he added, well, we'll see. So I can't make heads or tails of this. (laughs) Roca, let's say he does get the opportunity to reprise his The Joker in any of these DC movies. Do you think he should even take it? I I wonder because if I'm Jared Leto and I'm taken all this crap for playing Joker and Warner Brothers has went ahead and done a whole other Joker movie without me, I don't feel a lot of love. So if I'm an Oscar-winning actor, why the hell would I go back and take this role on again? It makes no sense. Maybe there's, you know, he was kind of coy about whether he's going to be in Birds of Prey, kind of gave a, a two-answer answer to this both sides. So who knows if he's going to show up some flashback situation or whatever. But like, to me, I wouldn't go back if I was Jared. And I respect the fact that he said he would. Like, that speaks volumes to his character that no matter how crappily they they treated him he still loves the character enough to come back and maybe have another shot at it maybe do another version another attempt at it sure i didn't mind him so much in suicide squad that whole movie's a mess to pick only jared out is really i I don't know why you would just do that so to me i i I respect the fact that he wants to come back i just don't think he should i think the train has moved on we're losing affleck Mm -hmm. we're going to lose cavill at some point and leto needs to go by the wayside because robbie really is the one that stood out and then add in the fact that suicide squad is essentially getting rebooted so i I would move on if i were him as well and also i had completely forgot that morbius was in the works too and it's actually being filmed right now so you know i'm assuming that the hope over there is that it's a franchise starter so why not put all of your time and attention there and ditch the joker i mean especially with joaquin phoenix filling the role at the end of the year and i know this is a bold prediction to make this far out but i just have so much faith in that movie i just get this feeling like we're gonna hit october and that one's really gonna pop and Mm -hmm. once that happens i feel like that's gonna be yet another reason for him to just move on yeah how do you feel about this one jeff yeah, I think it's over for him. I think I think Roka's right. The train has moved on. Uh, it, you know, Suicide Squad wasn't his fault. I thought he was absolutely fine. He did what David Ayer wanted. Uh, unfortunately, what David Ayer wanted was proved to be an absolute disaster. Um, yeah, I thought the design was cool. I would be down to have him come back, but I just don't see a place for him in the current DC universe, uh, particularly with the fact that there is another Joker. Um, I think that would probably be confusing. Um, Yeah, I I think we've probably seen the last of him in the green hair. So there is another Joker movie that technically isn't connected to the DC film franchise as we know it thus far, but we still have Birds of Prey. We still have uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, who has a connection to his The Joker. Let's say Leto doesn't come back. Is it as simple as just saying, all right, time to recast, like maybe they were slightly considering with Suicide Squad? No. You don't think they should recast The Joker? No. No, I think if they bring the Joker back in like a Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn movie, it should be Jared Leto. It has to be. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you think that they would recast again? Sure. I, I don't know um, how many guys actually, can keep playing yeah, the Joker. No. I'm actually kind of with Jeff on okay. this. And it, it's, you know, I'm not sure how much studio heads are really thinking about this, but it also feels like a little bit of a slap in the face, too, after all he went through to bring yeah. that role to screen. And she gets to continue on with that, with her role, too, that... 
if they had taken that role, kept it in the franchise, but given it to a different actor, that would have just, I mean, it would have established some bad blood. I get what you're saying. But, like, you look at the original Batman movies, right? Uh, how many times was Batman recast? It was still considered the canon of the world. Alfred remained the same. So it's the same Batman, just recast. It's possible to recast. It's not, look, the way it went down is Leto was ridiculed. Robbie was elevated. And if that's how it works, then you recast to match someone who's going to match uh, Robbie's elevation. Because look, if you're looking at the Joker lexicon, you're really doing something wrong. Everyone considers you pretty much in the back of the line, even behind uh, Cesar Romero. Uh, you, you got Mark Hamill. You've got Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, who I'm not a big fan of anymore of that version of the Joker. But it's somewhere. But if you're all the way in the back, then there's no logical reason I, to bring him back and say, "Oh, we can't do this story unless we bring Jared Leto back." If you, if there I, was chemistry, I don't think you could cast another white guy. I think you could totally reinvent the Joker and have like Lakeith Stanfield be the Joker, so so that it's clear that like Jared Leto's Joker maybe met an untimely end somewhere in that universe, and there was a vacuum, and then someone else took the mantle of the Joker. But it would have to be look completely different. <laughs> even if all the other specifics of this whole situation <laughs> melted away, just I don't even care what happens. Yeah. Make a make a whole nother Joker movie in addition to Jared Leto, yeah. in addition to Joaquin Phoenix, as long as I get to see Keith Stanfield play the freaking joker uh, i would love if you want to do well i don't know uh, michael b jordan as batman lake heath stanfield as the joker that's a fun-ass alternate batman cool. joker movie that, that would, would be, be cool bad, uh, there's awesome. there's a lot of possibilities out there mm -hmm. so it does it maybe it does feel a little wrong to completely close the door especially on such a rich character that is important to yeah. harley quinn's journey too but it i guess i i, I mean i almost feel a little bad for him because like you said jeff it, it is just unfortunate circumstances for him the way it was presented in that movie and the way I imagine that character was designed and mm. then directed. I don't think he did anything wrong, so I don't know. To shut him out that quickly, something doesn't sit right That's with That's an me. Oscar winner. He is. He'll find something else. Yeah. He already has. What are we talking about? <laughs> All right. Before we move on to story number three, I have to remind you guys that we take your live Twitter questions at the end of the show. This is actually going to be the last day that happens. So send that in right now using the hashtag Collider Movie Talk in the future, as in on Monday, May 6th. We're going to start to work with the live chat more than ever. So if you like sending in Twitter questions, you're going to have an opportunity to speak to us and to interact with us during the stories in the live chat. So keep that in mind. Tune in Monday. All right. Moving on to story number three. This is a big one. So there was a tweet sent out today by Justin Kroll from Variety, and he wrote, Here's a small Batman update for you. Hearing the script is still being polished up and that there's a possibility shooting begins at the top of 2020 instead of fall 2019, which means it'll probably still be a minute before we find out who the next Cape Crusader will be. Jeff, you kind of like took that and ran with it and put I together sure a piece for dot com. <laughs> so can you tell us about it? Uh, yes. So I honestly, I was just driving into work today and it, and I felt like it has been... It's so quiet on the Batman front, like eerily quiet. And, and you get all these like kind of fanboy bloggers. You know, you guys know who I'm talking about, the people. Uh, Are we going to I'm not going to name names. But they're like, oh, Batman news coming soon. Like, you know, because they're going off the start date or what they think the start date is. Uh, and I've gotten DMs from people being like, oh, the Batman news is coming soon. Come, it's coming tomorrow. It's coming this week. But guess what? It's not coming. It's not coming anytime soon. You know why? Because they haven't started casting. They haven't finished the script. 
So I reached out to Kroll just to verify, because I was like, he's not going to tell me what names he's hearing, but I'm like, are you hearing any names at all? And he's like, no, they're still writing. That's what I thought, that this process hasn't started. But, you know, and and that led Kroll to to tweet what he did about the potential uh, production push, which is, you know, certainly interesting because all those people who already have their fall slot taken... Now, maybe they're available in early 2020 if production is pushed. Mm. So anyways, I decided to sort of go down the rabbit hole and, and you know, recap all the, the rumors that, that have been out there. And it started with Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Mm-hmm. I think that was even John Campia. Mm-hmm. On this, was it even on the show? Probably. Yeah, I believe we did. Campia threw out Jake Gyllenhaal. And listen, he would have been great. Yeah, sure. Uh, great actor. My, probably my favorite actor right now. But a little too old, because I hear that they want 25 to 33. Hall, some a lot of these guys, 37, 38, 39. So it's hard to actually find a movie star in that 25 to 33 range. You've heard Ar- Army Hammer, who's denied everything. We've heard Aaron Taylor Johnson, who I think would be a really good pick. Mm-hmm. But he's not the best pick. I, my prick today was Zac Efron because I just think he is a huge movie star who doesn't star in movies. Mm-hmm. You know, like he he is going to get picked up soon, whether it's by Marvel and DC or maybe he's Indiana Jones or maybe he's, you know, he was up for Han Solo and Star Wars. Just like some he's going to get something huge. And, and I think WB and DC need to jump on him while they still can. John hates this idea. He's he's <laughs> literally you can see him licking his chops. Why? Why? What do you have against Zac Efron? Why do you? You hate that idea. Whoa. First of all, as the only resident Greenish showman defender here in the damn <laughs> office. True. Hey, I, I will, quite like that movie. Yeah, or yeah, at least really the soundtrack. You guys are crazy. Soundtrack. I will defend Zach Efron in a musical any day and twice on Sunday and in the Neighbors franchise. Very funny yeah. for that kind of role. For that kind of role. I haven't seen anything from him that make, make me believe that he can make the leapfrog into Bruce Wayne, into Batman, carrying a franchise by himself, countering. Plus, he's small. So they're, they're, those kinds of things but, affect how you want a Batman. I want a large, tall, statuesque, overwhelming right. Batman. You like a, the, the Ben Affleck the Bur- brawler yeah, type. I love and, and I that. get that. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, that's why I want the hammers. And, and that's choice. the thing is because right now we don't know what kind of Batman Matt Reeves is writing. Right. Is he writing a guy like Ben Affleck who could just crack skulls? Mm-hmm. Or is he writing the world's greatest detective who maybe lives more online than at the gym? I don't know. You know, And none, <laughs> and none of us know right now. So it's hard to play that, that speculative casting game. But you did say something. Mm. You don't think Zac Efron can, can carry a franchise. No, I said it's, an, it's a lot to ask him to make that leapfrog. It, it's a lot to ask there. anybody. Anybody. But here's the thing. How many other guys in this 25 to 33 space can do that? Well, Not I think the, a lot. The yeah. second you narrow it down to the importance of finding someone that could be a headliner, right. that's where I get all hung up on my ideas. Because, I mean, the truth of the matter is if we're talking about someone in that age range that could have a headline and forget even the name Batman, just bring people into a theater based on their name mm. alone, their reputation alone. There's very few that could touch Efron. In my, that age range. Yes. My problem with Efron in particular is kind of like what you were getting at, Roka. Mm. I think he's really good in certain things. Like, I love him in Neighbors. I think he's perfect yeah. for stuff like Super. that. I've seen him in a whole bunch of great films. But, and I was kind of telling you about this, mm-hmm. I kind of like my Batman, especially if we're doing a detective style Batman here, to have like a little bit of nuance to his performance. And yeah. I haven't, qu- I'm not saying that Zach Efron isn't capable of it, but I haven't seen him dig into a role quite like that's, that yet. And that's fair. He's not brainy. He doesn't give off that brainy <laughs> vibe. Yeah, if you're a detective. Okay. And, and Affleck doesn't. Right. Either really, but he's also an Oscar-winning writer. Like he's, he is great. intelligent. Yeah, very. Yeah. Ben is a movie star. Yes, he's an actor, but he's a movie star. And I think there's there's the delineation. 
Well, Efron's a young guy, though. I mean, he, he could be Ben Affleck 15 yeah, but, years from but now. What I'm, and I think Perry makes a great point. Like, we haven't seen him do what Pattinson did. Pattinson went the independent film route, worked work with all Cronenberg, all these mm-hmm. different directors, showing uh, what he can do, the range he has, these grimy, gritty, dirty roles, and got great notices for it. People were surprised. Same thing Kristen Stewart did. Went the whole other route. Both of these people have survived the Twilight thing. And now, you, I see, I could buy Kristen Stewart playing Lois Lane. I can buy uh, Robert Pattinson. People have talked about Pattinson for possible Batman. Sure. I would have a hard time with it, but I would be open to the possibility to see what he could do with it. But with Efron, he hasn't done that. And maybe the Ted Bundy film, which you have enjoyed, are very glowing about, uh, I mean, I haven't seen. I, I haven't seen it either. It's just oh, okay, the okay. general consensus. The word is that he's very good in it. I'm mixed on it. I don't, okay. I don't okay. think Riley it's... Riley I don't think it's a problem with the performances. I think it's more about the perspective that that story was told from more okay. so than anything. Okay. okay. But, his, so there, but you a, think Pattinson would work, and I not don't. necessarily work. I would say I would be open to it. It's not the first name I would run to. Because I, I think Efron has been doing, like, The Greatest Showman, that's not a little indie, but that's a huge commercial blockbuster. He just did The Beach Bum. I don't know. Like, I, I think that he, I like the choices that he's making. He hasn't done any Charlie St. Clouds in Baywatch? a long time. Baywatch? Are you kidding me? Baywatch was a great smart vehicle for him. I wish the movie had been a little bit better. It made almost $200 million worldwide. Like, that was perfect for him. On a hundred and something million dollar budget. It didn't make money, man. It was a, it was a failure. It caused but, The Rock but, to go at it with the right. critics, is, is which that, he never does. Is that on Efron? It's on no, The Rock. No. That's and, a and, Dwayne Johnson movie. And here's what I'll say. Efron is earnest and believable in that movie. Him and Alessandro Daddario come out of that movie looking good. I would yeah. immediately be open. So I, I'm not against Zach. I just don't know if this is the role for him. I could see Zach as the Joker. That I could buy. That the, I could the, buy. The thing that I included in a the article. A pretty face cut up by the, like, becoming the Joker. There is a lot of speculation about Ezra and the Flash. Ezra Miller? Yes. Wait. That Ezra would switch over and become Batman? No. That Ezra could maybe fall out as the Flash. Oh, and what Efron? If, oh, right. I got no problem right. with that. Would Efron be a better Flash yes, than a better Batman? Yes, he'd be Batman? a great Wally West. He'd be a fantastic Wally West. Smart alecky, uh, kind of confused by what's going on in the world, good looking, uh, got the abs, all that. Well, Perfect. Listen, whether it is Batman or Wally West or someone in the Marvel Universe, this guy... It screams superhero to me. He screams mm. it, and someone is going to cast him as a superhero very soon. Okay. I think he he would scream more. And, like, now, given the journey we've gone on with the MCU, it feels even wrong to say this. But just, like, strictly looks-wise, he screams Captain America to me. Yeah. But now knowing what Chris right. Evans that. did in that role, I, I would never guess that. People, people have always said, you know, put him up for, like, Adam Warlock, uh, that role. Or, I, don't, well, I don't know what see, movie like, he would appear in. I like in, the but, idea mm. of maybe, like, a Joker or going the villainous route so I can see Zac Efron get weird. Yeah. Like, that's that's what I want to see. I want to see him, like, go crazy, do <laughs> something silly. Did you miss silly. the beach bum pair? <laughs> I did miss, miss the beach bum, He's actually. weird in that. I missed that at South by. Should I should I go see that? I'll get a little bit of a taste of his range more. Um, so we were tossing around some ideas today, mm, yeah. and the one that I really liked was Evan Peters, because I think mm. if anything good came out of every single American Horror Story season combined together, because I know some are hits and misses, it's that Evan Peters can do just about anything and i feel like he is going to get severely shortchanged with what's going on with dark phoenix even though he had his moment as quicksilver in that franchise for sure he was a scene stealer 
to see him lead as Batman, that seems like a really interesting kind of like shift for him to me. Do you think that they'll go with a guy at that level, though? I think that they want a bigger name. I mean, listen, he could go with a complete unknown who we've never even heard of, but it just seems like Batman is a movie star part, and I don't know that Evan Peters is a so, movie star. I'm really just curious. Who would you put on movie star level with Zac Efron in that age range, though? Guy, you know, guys like Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan, but, uh, you know, unfortunately... Oh, so the just two- like that awkward moment cast. Just right. pick one of yes, them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which they, one you know, those from guys the sort toilet of had, naked. That's what had their shots, and I don't know that, that either of them are, are good enough a right a right fit for Batman, but uh, I don't know. There's a lot a lot of names in that article. There's 25 or 30 names. Half of them, you know, are a little too old. Maybe Timothy Chalamet is a little too young, a little too scrawny. Little, yeah, a little wayfish. Yeah. Right. Uh, so it, it's there's just a lot of factors to consider. But who, I, who is your favorite name on that list, if not Efron? I mean, I really like the Emery Cohen call. Um, Ooh. I really just think he's an intelligent actor, and he's a little, you know, he's a little doughy. Uh, I, I don't know. No offense. Look at me, Emery. Um, but I, but he would really interest me. Like if he got some some real time in the gym, I wonder what he would look like he when he came some out. Some interesting things. I would talk, especially with with how much I love Brooklyn, and I don't think anything could be polar mm. opposite to Batman more so than right. his role in Brooklyn. But I am a mm. big fan of his, so I would definitely vote and maybe for that one. Maybe it's going to be Army Hammer, like everybody thinks it will. You know, he's kind of he's got the perfect looks. for it. You got to you got to give him a shot at this man from Uncle. Yes. Didn't do that well, Guy Ritchie, whatever. But the chemistry between him and Cavill was off the charts. Incredible. And with Alicia Vikander as well. That was a fun movie to watch mm-hmm. with all three of them. And so I think he deserves... You want to talk about someone who's prepared to he play He was going to play Batman yeah, in, in George to. Miller's Justice League. I could see him playing so Jordan as Green Lantern as yes. well. That's a possibility mm-hmm. in the game. So I like... But I will... Oh, I'll fight for Ben Barnes. I know he's 37. Mm-hmm. But I'll fight for Ben Barnes because he doesn't look 37. And he was incredible in The Punisher. I thought with, he was great in The Punisher too, John. But you're really thinking of casting Ben Barnes as Batman. You really yeah. think that that makes more... More sense what do you think than Zach was Efron? doing before he got Batman? What big movies was he leading? Uh, he was doing independent features, but he wasn't leading franchises. I, just, I really struggle to think that if Ben Barnes and Zach Efron were standing right here and you had to pick one for Batman, that you'd cast Ben Barnes over Zach Efron. In a heartbeat, without a hesitation. Okay. Because Even though I'm on the fence about Zach Efron, I have to be honest, I would pick Zach Efron over Ben Barnes. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think Ben Barnes is great, but okay. again, to, I think Zac Efron might have proven himself to me more than Ben Barnes at this point. You're Matt Reeves. You're a Warner Brothers executive. You're really yeah. going to push the chips in on Ben Barnes. After what, I saw, <laughs> after what I saw in Westworld and what I saw in The Punisher, which are, yes, they're TV shows, but they deal with material that is way more complex and deep okay. than anything Zach has ever done. I don't, and I don't, Ben was able to bring both of those shows like great work. I really don't think Batman is a work. terribly deep character. That's Are you why. I, he's my favorite superhero. My favorite superhero. But I think you just need a guy who looks good in the mask and can oh. play and can play Bruce Wayne. That you just you just you, describe you Batman com- and Robin. You completely lost me now. You're insane. That's Clooney in Batman and Robin's what you're discussing. And then Clooney got, Clooney got cast. Val Kilmer got cast. Yeah, but... And look at look back at that iteration of terrible. this franchise compared so, to some so, of the more successful that, ones. Those have nothing to do with Val Kilmer or George reason, Clooney. Those have to do with Joel Schumacher. Well, like, well, fair. But the reason you cast someone like Christian Bale in the Nolan thing is because he can bring something to the role that is more than just what's on the paper. Well, and also, I don't know that You can't have an empty version of this character, too, when yeah. you're talking about him 
him being a detective and focusing on that. You need someone where you can look at their face, whether it's in the mask or mm. not, and see the wheels turning in their head, see them stewing, see yeah. them trying to put the pieces together. So there's no way you could just say the best possible scenario for us with this franchise is saying pretty face above certain other elements right. that should be considered before you cast someone in that role. Do you like Richard Madden? Yeah. As a possibility? Like, I like The Bodyguard and, of course, Game of Thrones, but... I don't know if he's the guy. I don't know if he's Bruce Wayne. Yeah, that's see, you know, I that's can see him as Batman in the suit, but I can't see him as Bruce Wayne. Right. And Efron, I can see as both. I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen the Bundy movie yet, but there's a guy who who had two faces, mm-hmm. presented one in public, and had a much more violent alter ego sure, in sure. private, just like Bruce Wayne. I like your Daniel Kaluuya suggestion here. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah hey, he, he, I think he is. I think he is a great example. And talk <laughs> about a guy who we've seen put on two faces with how he was in Get Out as yeah. our hero. And then you look at a movie like Widows and, right. whoa, Creepy. that he's got a couple of like super dark, sinister scenes in that movie. Let, let me ask you about one other name on the list because okay. he is starting to get some heat. And, and it, listen. That is why I did the list, because I do have some informed... It's informed speculation. It's not just fanboys saying, I liked him in this, I liked him in that. I know who has heat right now. Christopher Abbott is a guy who has yes. a lot of heat with yes. Catch-22. Yes. Yes. But here's my question. Okay. If you're Christopher Abbott and, and you, know, you start having some discussions about Batman, naturally, you're going to go to George Clooney, who you just worked with on Catch-22, who gave you... This big break. And you're going to say, George Clooney, what should I do? Would you, if you were me, would you do it? So let me ask you, if you're George Clooney, what do you tell him? Well, first, I think it's a completely different situation. Yeah. That, again, like we were all just talking about, mm-hmm. that was a different type of Batman movie mm-hmm. compared to what I think this is going to be. Christopher Abbott, I think, has officially gone to the tippy top of my list. He is so undervalued in this yeah. industry. It drives me nuts. What do you say? Uh, I say it's a, certainly a possibility to consider and have a conversation maybe in a screen test for. Mm-hmm. I don't think he goes to Clooney at all because, like Perry said, it's a completely different franchise. No. Completely more, way more accomplished director than Joel Schumacher walking into this right. situation. Right, and, and so maybe least. if you're so George Clooney, that's what you say. You say, listen, I was working with Joel Sch- Schumacher. I was screwed from the yeah. start. Matt Reeves is a really smart, talented filmmaker. You know, I think you should go ahead and do Absolutely. it. Or does he say, listen, Batman's going to change your life and not necessarily f- f- for the best. Like, you, you've got a great track right now. Mm-hmm. Keep, like, keep moving on that track that you're going on and, and try to ignore all these big budget distractions around you. Well, I, I wonder would, what he said. I would find it ironic if Clooney said that. Clooney made his living off those kind of being the pretty guy in the room doing these things. And once he did that, though, now he's, he's no longer interested. Right, right. And that's what's happened over the last few years. But I think this kid, what you're talking about, he's got – and it's funny you suggest – that guy and Perry immediately lights up and you light up about it. Why? Because he doesn't just walk around with a pretty face. The guy brings depth and complexity right. to the roles he does and that's what you need for Bruce Wayne and Batman especially if you're going to do it again. If you're going to do it again and the, after the colossal debacle and mistakes you made with Ben Affleck because that's not Ben Affleck's fault at all and I'll go to my grave saying that. Uh, you want to bring someone with a new and interesting take who's going to be able to carry this thing emotionally. It, it, the weight of the loss of the parents. The weight of this, you know, trying to navigate the world without them. The anger he has to negotiate as well. And the lines he comes close to crossing. The, You've got to bring the somebody The question though comes to back to, 
the name above the poster thing where he's not even as well known as Evan no, Peters. Yeah. yeah, right, sure. But I don't think it matters. I, I don't. I think Matt Reeves is the name. I really don't think it matters. To I think it would actually behoove them to cast someone who has the acting chops to mm. basically take this franchise all the way and actually make a really great movie with Matt Reeves yeah. versus trying to get attention by just finding the most famous person you, you Sony can. Sony did that with, with Peter Parker, with Tom Holland, right. who wasn't a big name either. But the thing about Tom Holland is, you know, as Spider-Man, you're in the mask. And, and that mask is all the way, you know? Like, that's just a CGI character swinging from skyscraper to skyscraper. I love what Tom Holland has brought to, to the role of Peter Parker. There was a point where we all aligned for a hot second, too. And <laughs> now we're veering off in the other Anyways, direction. We, we, can, we can move on. I, I don't want to eat up the entire Batman show with this a topic, cowl. Well, it was a worthwhile discussion. It was a good I'm discussion. Glad you, I'm glad True. you brought that up today. And it was worth today. writing today just because it's, it's time to discuss it. It I'm is. It is. And hopefully we'll get some more concrete information and we're going to continue to cover it on Movie Talk Live every single day of the week at 3 p.m. PT. Now we have one more story to hit briefly it is a brand new trailer for a paramount movie called crawl it's a survival horror slash disaster film following Haley, played by kaya scotelario who tries to find her missing father during a hurricane only to become trapped as the flood waters rise oh and these flood waters are filled with gators the movie <laughs> opens up july 12th roca not a big horror fan but you do like the shallows and this gives me the shallows vibes a little bit no, I, here's, again i have to clarify because you keep misrepresenting me perry i am a fa- i am a horror fan of good horror not just horror so i am selective in that way this looks like hurricane heist with gators so uh it hits all my buttons and you're right the shallows is a great comparison as well i love the shallows for whatever reason i think john call sarah did a fantastic job with that film and blake lively has never been better as an actress in that film than she was in the shallows this looks act- – I was ready to ridicule this thing within 30 to 45 seconds. And as it went along, I was like, this is kind of a little bit inventive and fun. It should be cheesy. I should hate this thing. But the people involved in it have some credibility in the genre that they are working in. So I, I, to me, when I was done, I was like, I don't think I'd mind seeing this if I got a screening for it. Did you call him Juan Carlos Sarah? Yeah, no. something happened there. <laughs> is it Jean-Claude Sarah? Isn't that what his name is? Jean Macallet. Jean Macallet. All right, fine. Um, I, th- I thought this looked like a lot of, a lot of fun. It's not the slowdown, is it? I get away with that one. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Can you spell it? J A U M E dash C O L L E T, yes? And then S-E-R-A? And then S-E-R-R-A? I thought it was S-E-R-A. Double-R-A. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. We've got the spelling bee here, Eric Clatter. Um, Did you see footage from this at CinemaCon? No, they showed, they showed the trailer. Uh, I thought it looked like a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I yeah. really I like AHA and I like Raimi. Um, this looks like Deep Blue Sea with alligators. Mm. Um, okay. Oh, I can see the, the shallows come too. I think that there's, a, you know, the, hopefully a good father daughter story that anchors this because the whole thing is about her trying to save her dad who's mm-hmm. kind of stuck in the, in this crawl space. I think. Um, yeah, I just I, I I've heard it's super gory. You know, oh, it, uh, it's not going to hold back on on that front. This is a hard R. Heads got get chomped. Uh, there is plenty of blood. So I, I think it'll be a fun summer movie, yeah. This is my kind of movie. I will say, though, this picture makes me freaking nervous. If something <laughs> happens to that dog, I am checked out. It's not going to happen. I can't wait to see this movie regardless. I love how Barry Pepper has silently just slid into dad roles. Like, he's like, what, what, wasn't Private Ryan just a few years ago? No, it was longer than that. And you're like, oh, wow. Now he's a dad. He's playing dad roles. Oh. 
Well, that's why Roke is going to go see this to, to see Barry Pepper <laughs> transition Barry Pepper. into Dad Zone. All right, we are moving on to our plugs, and we have a lot of them. Collider Live coming your way tomorrow morning, as always. And oh, we have a weekend show called Mailbag, and that guy, John Roca, hosts it. What is on the lineup this weekend? Yeah, we got Jay Washington and we got Jason Inman. Jason will be on Saturday. Jay on Sunday. Jason's got something to plug there. A live uh, episode of his podcast he's doing over there uh, in at the Arena Center Lounge. So he's coming on to answer questions from the fans uh, and also plug that. And uh, don't forget tomorrow, live sports time. Josh Kuga, Jay Washington, and Matt Nos. We're doing a live sports time there at 1 o'clock on the Collider Sports YouTube right. and podcast feed. All right. If you guys want to see Detective Pikachu, we got a cool opportunity for you you can enter to win tickets if you're in the los angeles area to a screening on tuesday may 7th all you got to do is go on over to collider.com you've got all the instructions to win tickets there so you could win tickets to the screening which will also include a q a with director rob letterman so sign up good luck now we have to plug new movie talk this is the last day of the old format come monday may 6th we are going to 3 p.m pt live and we are moving to our 20-minute format where we will maximize every second of screen time. <laughs> we will have so much fun with the live chat. And you know what? If you like what you saw on this particular episode of Movie Talk, you're going to want to tune in every single Wednesday because you know who's going to be sitting at this desk with me? These two guys yeah. right Ooh. here. Every Wednesday, Roca and Snyder. Hey, you're going to get... You're going to get... Haley two days a week. We've got Koi on a show. We've got Jay Washington on a show. Josh McCuga is going to join me every Friday. It is going to be a blast. I cannot wait to continue celebrating movies with you guys. All right. Twitter questions. We have so little time. Um, I really want to ask this one right now. This one came from Nick Navarro. So he wrote, Jeff Fowler, the director of the Sonic movie, has publicly stated on his Twitter that he has heard the Internet's outcry and is going back to the drawing board with the design of Sonic. Is this good news, smart news, or giving in to Internet bullying? Bro, the design wasn't the issue with that damn trailer. It was everything around it in those terrible 1990s jokes where Jim Carrey was cutting off uh, poor Christopher, I forget the actor's name there, uh, sadly cutting him off every single time. That was ridiculous. It was not the design of Sonic. I, I, I don't think that's the issue here. Well, that's one of the bigger issues. Really? Did you see that one image that's been going around about a fan online who mm -hmm. in a single day took their design of Sonic and basically changed the whole feel oh, of the character? Did he? Oh, I, I mean, I don't I didn't look at the specifics, but right. the one thing that I really noticed that made a big difference is they basically took out Sonic's oddly human legs and gave him, you know, shorter cartoon legs and yeah. it looked right all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. I saw that tweet and <laughs> couldn't believe it for a couple of reasons. Um, let's see. I'm wondering how much I can say. So first of all, I'm trying to find out how true it is. Because the idea of them redesigning this entire character at this point seems impossible. This seems like a bald-faced lie to just appease a fan base. I, I just don't see any possible way that they can go back into the movie mm. at this point six months before it opens, which means like five months before press screenings or whatever, like, and just redesign an entire character and yep. redo all the effects. Like, that seems impossible. Think about how um, much time and how many years go into yep. making a yeah. single animated movie. You I don't, can't do that. That doesn't yeah. seem... Money-wise, uh, also. Money, why would you... This right, seems right, like if sunken costs. Right, right. Why, <laughs> why, why do you spend more money yeah. if it seems like something isn't working? Yeah. The other thing is it's just like... 
dude, you cannot give in to the to the to the social media crowd. Like, mm. you cannot have them designing your characters. You can't have them making the movie. It doesn't even matter if the movie turns out bad. Uh, it's just a bad precedent to set for yourself as a filmmaker. You know, with the rest of your career to look forward to. Because Jeff Fowler's a very young guy. He's like forty years yeah, old, yeah. Uh, and and they gave uh, him him a pretty big movie. And, and forget the the budget on this thing. The marketing budget would make your eyes pop out of your head. Believe me. Mm. Um, I think it looks fine. I think the movie will do just fine. I think that it's a, a few years too late. That's you know? fair. That's uh, fair. Th- this movie should have been made 10 years ago. I don't yeah. know. Are kids still playing Sonic? Do, do, does Sega even still exist? Like, C- certainly the jokes were 10 years ago. That's for sure. <laughs> um, listen, it's going to be a throwback to 90s Jim Carrey. I heard that he walks away with the movie, that it's a really fun yeah. performance. Okay. I like Ben Schwartz. I like James Marsden. I like a lot of the elements here. I don't really care what the design is. He's a blue ball of fur. Either way you look at it, I don't need him to right. oh, his teeth are, or he has human teeth. Who cares what his teeth are like? Like, right. I just, I, fans get blown at, crazy about the wrong thing so i i don't believe jeff fowler that they're going to fix it i definitely don't think that he should have even gone on social media and said he was going to fix it i know i know we're running out of time but this is a conversation we may need to revisit down the road this idea of this new generation of filmmaker being beholden to the social media reaction is this going to start becoming the norm that studios executives and who grew up in the social media generation to bring a lot of weight to those reactions and have that alter movies or how they're made or how or go back to the drawing board and redo stuff like this no one who was going to spend twelve dollars on a sonic movie is now no longer giving their twelve dollars because of the design (laughs) yeah i think so too it's true. But, I mean, you bring up a good point. I, that's yeah. the world we live in. I mean, we see it happen all the time with TV shows that are canceled. We experience it all the time right here in our teeny tiny corner mm. of the world where we like to hear what you guys think all the time. We know some of you are unhappy that movie talk is being shaved down to 20 minutes. <laughs> but believe in us, we're going to make it a great change. You're going to come back to this show Monday, May 6th, 3 p.m. It's going to have a facelift. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to dig deep into every single story we cover. And best of all, we get to talk about it with you guys, interact with you guys live on the show. Jeff Roca, thank you so That's much. That's it? That's the show. This is it. This is it. We got to go. Oh, where's man. the cake? I, 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 I would have gone to 445 the today, cake. Perry. Is there any more slices <laughs> in the freezer? I think you bought yourself a few extra minutes, but all right. Oh, do you want to pose one last Twitter question yourself? I, no. I, we don't, do you we want, not have one more? I, the all right. Well, all right. We'll we can do one more. Today. Can we go one more, Adam? All right. One more, Adam? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. Yeah. We're going to go one more. I I think I'm going to have to go with... I'm going to regret with... this. I'm going to instantly yeah, you are regret, regret this. Now, I, you are going to regret this. Um, going to make me regret it. All right. Here, let's go, let's go with like a little bit of a softball. We've got one from the Ace, and the Ace has asked us a couple times, what's your most rewatchable movies? He has Goodfellas, Unforgiven, and Braveheart. Thanks, guys. Mm. Hashtag Clyde Movie Talk. Mm. Something fun and light to yeah. wrap up this iteration of movie talk. Um, Did you say the inside or throw my phone at home, your face? Home Alone. <laughs> I thought about it. Home Alone, Donnie Darko, The Crow, Seven, Silence of the Lambs, Heat. That's it. Well, I would throw Heat and Seven in there. Uh, I would say Shawshank Redemption, Major League, Field of Dreams, uh, and The Godfather Part Two, and Lawrence of Arabia. I'll go Jurassic Park, Scream, the entire Final Destination franchise, Stand By Me, Mean Girls, Let's throw 10 Things I Hate About You in there because I was just talking about that earlier and Mm. I love that movie. Mm. There you go. We're ending on a high note. (laughs) Thank you guys again. Adam in the booth, thank you so much for all your support. 
Guys, we are so excited to roll into next week, and I hope you are too. I hope you come back. Tell everybody you know about Collider Movie Talk. It will still be right here on the Collider Video YouTube channel. It will always be helpful for you to like and share. Comment. Say nice things in the comments. Tell us what you're loving about the new iteration. Hopefully it's everything. And then on top of that, we're still going to exist in podcast form as well. So tell everybody you know who needs movie news on the go where we will be. Oh, boy. This is actually like a little a little more bittersweet than I expected. <laughs> Have a great weekend, guys. We will see you Monday at 3 p.m. PT. I need more apple juice. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.